Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. And welcome to the second episode of A Changing Attitude, uh, where myself, uh, my two uh, co-hosts are taking a, a trip down memory lane where we're going to look back at the, the much-loved Attitude Era and see if it, it's still as good as we remember it being. Um, but those two co-hosts are here with me now. Uh, first, let me introduce uh, the effervescent Ori. Ori, how are you? I could be better, but I could be worse too. So we're just going to call it right in the middle, as uh, you should. Right down the middle, fair and square. As you should, you AEW referee, you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, Aubrey Edwards is a huge inspiration. I'm not even going to lie. She's amazing. Yes, she absolutely is. And... Uh, the 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 last part of this uh, triumvirate, uh, the Texas gentleman himself, Mr. Tanner Pruitt. Tanner, how are you? Uh, I'm I'm good. I'm I'm full of eggs and oatmeal, and I'm ready to review some wrestling. Let's, let's... <laughs> I mean, that's a, <laughs> that is the most a... southern thing I have ever heard, and I live down here. Need, all you needed that is grits, and you yeah. would have had the you would have had the trifecta. So, some Tabasco, yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> So, guys, as we said on the the, the uh, pilot episode, we're 
going to take a trip down memory lane and, and go through the attitude era. But we're not starting the in the the, the normal place that people start the the Montreal screw job. We're going back to uh, the the genesis of one of the biggest players in in that attitude era, uh, the genesis of Stone Cold Steve Austin, which are. Uh, which is at the King of the Ring 1996, um, where we get the birth of Austin 316. So that show was actually held in uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, uh, the Mecca Arena, I believe, uh, and it was on June uh, the 23rd of 1996. And there's a little bit of a backstory to, uh, and kind of like a bit of um, almost like um, a, a, a comedy of errors that actually led to, to Austin being pegged as the winner of of, of that uh, year's uh, uh, King of the Ring, um, leading up to th- that that show, we lost uh, two big big names in WWE and Razor Ramon and Diesel. They moved over to uh, to uh, WCW and they just uh, started their kind of a uh, introduction and and leading to the to the whole NWO thing. Uh, so WWE kind of had to fill that void, but there was a, a big kind of controversial incident that happened on their way out, uh, which is uh, famously called the Curtain Call, um, where uh, Diesel, Razor, Shawn Michaels and Triple H all kind of like um, hugged in the ring on the way out. And WWE were not happy about this. Um, They couldn't punish Diesel and Razor because obviously they were on the way out. They couldn't really punish Shawn Michaels because he was the world champion. Uh, so it was left to poor Triple H to bear the brunt of this, and the punishment he got was actually he was he was pegged to win this year's uh, um, King of the Ring, and he, he was basically stripped of that. Uh, the storyline that uh, he had running into the show was was cancelled, and he ended up fighting on the what was then called the free for all, the pre-show against uh, the the jockstart wearing Aldo Montoya. Um, he would actually win the King of the Ring the next year, but that's basically how we got to this position. So without that kind of like uh, whirlwind of of, uh, of changes in WWF, we wouldn't have got Austin three sixteen, and we may not have got the Attitude Era. So uh, a little bit of a, a little bit of history there. But let's uh, let's actually get into the show. Um, for, we start with the the classic. Um, uh, uh, Attitude Era kind of a promo with uh, the watched in 50 billion countries, watched by 100 billion people, the number one in sports entertainment. Um, I mean, you've got to give props to WWE. Even back then in the 19, uh, 1990s, they were still the king of lap uh, production. Oh, yeah, and, and branding. (laughs) Until a a big panda came along and uh, told them they were not allowed to use those letters anymore. Oh. Yeah. Which is funny. That is one thing that I noticed in, you know, we, we had talked about last episode about how Peacock may be editing different things. And I don't know about you guys, but I didn't really notice a lot of heavy editing except in the closed captions. You know, I was telling you guys before the show, we're out of AC. We've been without it for about a week. So I have lots of fans in my house. So in order to really make sure I was hearing what was going on and everything, I turned on closed captions, as I usually do anyway, not because I'm getting old and deaf, but because just so I don't make, you know, just so I make sure I don't miss anything. But while they were still saying World Wrestling Federation in the captions, the captions read World Wrestling Entertainment. Or anytime they said WWF, it would read WWE. You know, and there were other little things like, 
words that they didn't, uh, I believe, um, Owen, not, not Owen. Yeah. Owen Hart on commentary mm-hmm. was, he referred to, um, one of the ladies as a hooer to put it nicely. And of course they kind of straight lined that out. But mm-hmm. other than that, I didn't, I didn't really notice a lot of heavy editing at all. Yeah. I think with the, the, uh, worldwide fun for nature deal and the WWF back then, they were they've they've been allowed to use those kind of like historical um, uh, logos and, and, and mentions, but I think the the, the network and the Peacock editing uh, that's done in house. I, I spoke on uh, where I watched to a, a lady called Marie Shadows, and that was one of her jobs in WWE was to to basically transcript the show and, and take out. Uh, uh, bad words and, and words that they, they don't like using in, in WWE. So, yeah, it's a, an interesting little thing that you picked up on there. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. But uh, let's get into the, uh, the show. For, kicked off with uh, the semi-finals of, uh, of, of the King of the Ring, Stone Cold taking on Wild Man Mark Miro in a, a very long match. It felt long anyway, sixteen minutes or so. Um, what do you what do you think of this um, this this match, uh, Tanner? Uh, yeah, no, uh, it was a it was a good good match. I, I thought it was the right match overall based on the card to be the opener. Um, it was kind of a shock to the system first hearing Stone Cold walk out to some really like unstone cold music. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think it was still his ringmaster um, theme. Yeah, he was still using the ringmaster gimmick, uh, but they kept calling him Stone Cold, so it was like, oh, okay. Uh, Let's 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 see where this goes. Um, but I guess the the um, oh, what's the right word here for the, the dichotomy between Stone Cold being the technician of the match like that? That, that was kind of weird um, versus Marrow being the more um, athletic um, and fast paced uh, wrestler that he was. Um, it, it brought a really cool dynamic. So, yeah, I, I like the match. Oh, cool. So, uh, or uh, Tanner mentioned then about uh, Austin and his technical style, and this was very much in the early days of Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um, how do you think that Austin in this match uh, and in this show overall compares to the Austin that we end up knowing, the Austin that was the the biggest star in wrestling, the kind of like bruiser Texas redneck? I think we started to get some of that as the show or as the match itself went along. I felt like. As he walked out, as he stood there in, at the ring post in the corner, waiting for Mark Merrow to come out, waiting for the match to start. And even in the beginning of the matches, we saw, you know, and like we've talked about before, I'm not as familiar with the older stuff because I didn't see it as it happened. I've seen clips, but I've seen the clips of ringmaster Steve Austin and uh, stunning Steve Austin. And I felt like the match kind of started looking and feeling like a completely different person Mm -hmm. that we got some of that stunning Steve Austin. And then as the match, there was one specific point in the match and I couldn't tell you when exactly it it was, but he goes to the edge of the ring and starts talking crap and the heads bobbing and everything. And I was like, there's the stone cold that Mm -hmm. I know there's the stone cold that 
I'm used to. And so I think in a way, even though, you know, they showed clips to the previous qualifier matches where he had used the stunner before, I think probably this was the first match in and of itself where we were starting to see that full transition from stunning or ringmaster Steve Austin to true stone cold as we, or as I know him. And it was kind of an interesting thing to see for me, but, but I do agree. The match felt a little long, I think because it was a slower paced match. And because we had so many slow pinfalls you know, it wasn't like some of the other matches of the night. You know, there were a lot of almost so close, but they seemed to be so spread out. And because the match was slower, I think it, that's what made the match in and of itself feel a lot longer than it was. Yeah, um, and you both make absolutely great points. It's almost like Stone Cold was learning his character on the job. Um, and he learned it really, really quickly. Like I said, over the, the course of this match, you could see the the kind of sparks of Stone Cold coming out by the time that we get to the end of it. But um, Stone Cold ends up winning the match and going on to the final, and uh, a little tidbit of information, he actually left to go to a hospital uh, after this match because he, got, uh, uh, he needed 14 stitches in his lip. Um, 16. Oh, 16, 16? If, I, I believe, well, Vince may have been exaggerating, but I believe I remember. Vince exaggerating. No, How I know, you? right? <laughs> How dare I? Um, but I believe I heard 16 stitches in his lip and potentially in his tongue as well. Mm-hmm. Oof. Yeah. yeah, that that just, oh, no, I don't. Stitches in your tongue, that's gruesome. Um, so yeah. then after that, we get a, a little bit of an interview with Jake Roberts. Uh, to try to uh, harp the match that, that was coming up. And then we get the, the second semi-final, uh, uh, Vader uh, versus Jake Roberts. Uh, not a long match, uh, but it did for me what it needed to do. It made Vader look like an absolute uh, killer, but it also uh, allowed Jake to go through uh, and kind of uh, maybe continue this uh, this religious redemption arc that, it, that he was on. Um Again, we'll, I'll throw it to, to, to you, Ori. What did you think of uh, this relatively short match? Yeah, I was kind of on the fence about it, but I, I think you're right. Not only did it build for Vader that he's the ultimate big bad guy, and it also, on the other hand, helped with Jake, not only the religious uh, redemption, but helped garner that simp- uh, sympathy. I can't talk right now. Sympathy that I think he needed in order to move forward. You know, oh, is he going to be able to compete? Because they harped on that quite a bit throughout the show until that final match. You know, is he going to the hospital? Did Stone Cold see him while he was getting his stitches? (laughs) You know, all this, that, and the other. And so while usually matches like that, I'm kind of, eh, on I think it's served, while while I may not have enjoyed it overall, I do see its purpose, and I think it's served its purpose well. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Yeah, um, Tanner, your thoughts on on uh, Vader versus Jet Roberts? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you both really hit the nail on the head here. This match, uh, can, can we call it a match? I mean, it, it was really more or less just like, like an exhibition for Vader and Jake to progress their own individual stories throughout the night with Vader being, you know, the, the, the biggest, baddest dude on the roster and Jake Roberts being super sympathetic. Uh, and we talked we talked uh, last match about uh, how stone cold kind of uh how he looked a little bit different at first jake roberts <laughs> he looks super young in, in that and he and he was still very much a veteran uh at that time but he you can tell in his face how how young he looks and and you can tell you know that uh you know he was he was a lot cleaner than maybe he was at previous mm-hmm. times in his life um so you know yeah i think i think jake uh, Jake did what he needed to do and, and, and kind of got over that real sympathetic vibe. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, this, this match was like what, less than four minutes long. I mean, there's not really a whole lot to, to, to look at match wise here. This, yeah, was, I mean, this is a story match. Yeah. We, we've analyzed it more than the match actually went down. Uh, <laughs> and, and poor Jake, was. honestly, just as a side note, poor Jake, you know, if, if you were watching at home, Owen kind of helped him with that. Like, oh, he's 51, he's 61. It, like every time mm. Owen would call somebody's age, he would age him up another 10 years. I think uh, Gorilla Monsoon was like 91 by the end of the show. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, it was ridiculous. We've got to give props to Owen. Uh, 
he was great on commentary. Um, he and, was. And I think around this time when they, they used to bring in the wrestlers, you used to get uh, Mr. Perfect on commentary quite a lot. Uh, and at this time with Owen, I think they really added to the show because they kept storylines going that weren't necessarily featured on the show. Uh, obviously, we're looking back at Owen breaking Stone Cold's neck and, and things like that. So, um, yeah, it was a, a good move having Owen there as, as a commentator. Hmm. Well, the whole commentary team was really good. E- even even Vince, like I thought, I thought, I thought, <laughs> I, thought I thought, uh, I thought the whole the whole commentary team was actually pretty pretty solid all night. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. It, it, Owen made for you know because some wrestlers when you get them in there in commentary it can be very hit or miss, and I think Owen did a really good job of you know creating that continuity. He was very much more. Uh, or I felt he was very much more of a color commentator, you know, that kind of thing. And I think he, he did really well. I was, I was like, "Eh," but I was really impressed. Yeah. 100% agree. And I didn't expect him to stay out all night and he did. And that was really cool. Yeah, he certainly was. Um, So then after that, we go into uh, the tag team title match, smoking guns, taking on uh, the Godwins. Uh, Yeah. I mean, this was not a lot to rat home about. Uh, I think for me, the 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 most interesting thing about the match was the fact that uh, the the Godwins brought out little Billy Goats with them, which I thought was amazingly cute. Uh, and oh, I totally the... had a moment of oh, it's baby goats. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. total girly for like 0.5 seconds. I was like, all right, we're good. <laughs> I mean, they even attempted to kind of like hog dance with the goats who were not having it one little bit. Um, <laughs> they were not happy goats. But again, going into the match, this was kind of a surrounding the management uh, of Sonny, um, who uh, who the Godwins were were one of the Godwins. I think it was Henry uh, has, has taken uh, taken uh, a, a lark into Sonny. Um, no, it that... wasn't. It wasn't Henry. It was the other one. Oh, Phineas then. Phineas, yeah, yeah, it was Phineas, Phineas yeah. and then Billy apparently laid a smacker on her and and charmed her over to the other. T- which was interesting to see Billy Gunn look like that. You know, th- th- and and to me, that's some of the most interesting parts of the show for somebody who's watching it fresh. Like they were showing um, the earlier pre-qualifying matches that Steve Austin had, and one of them was with Bob Holly. And I was like, holy crap, Bob mm-hmm. Holly's got hair, like a lot of hair, <laughs> Long, and it's brown. Long, blonde locks. Yeah. No, it wasn't blonde. It was dark. Like, because I'm always used to seeing Billy Gunn with this, you know, bright, white, short, military-type cut. And I'm like, that's Billy Gunn? Hmm. No, not Billy Gunn, uh, Bob Holly. That's who I'm talking about. And well, then, was, and then Billy Gunn race, with the longer. He was doing that race card driver gimmick at the time yeah. Bob sparky, plug. sparky plug. plug there you go yeah. Yeah. it was crazy <laughs> oh so, so crazy so going back to this match uh, i mean i think i've made my feelings pretty well known on this uh it was not the best of matches and even though it only went 10 minutes it felt like it, it dragged for me um mm-hmm. That I just didn't feel that there was a lot of chemistry between the Godwins and and the Smoking Guns and and the the most chemistry came from from Sonny herself. I mean, she was a um, she was so charismatic and and you could tell that she was the 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 star of this match for me. Uh, Aurea, what are your thoughts on this match? 
I can't disagree, especially since they kept cutting to the new Bonnie, Body Donna's manager, Cloudy, which who was that, by the way? <laughs> I cannot remember. But that, I'm going to have to look it, that it one was up. To, it was basically to, to, uh, to rib Sonny. Well, yeah. And, and I think <laughs> a lot of that was to kind of, it felt like a bridge, a transition match to close the chapter with Sonny and the Godwins and then open up a whole nother chapter between the Smoking Guns and Sonny and the Body Donnas and Cloudy. That oh god, I can't get that image out of my head. Who who was that? Oh my god, it's disturbing. It, Her it, makeup was it, great though. <laughs> it, it reminds me of um, when Santina Umbrella was Santina. Oh uh, yeah, the Miss, Miss, the Miss WrestleMania uh, oh, battle royal. Um, Tana, you were you a big Smoking Guns fan? I mean, not really. <laughs> uh, I, I, yeah, I thought the match was good. I mean, I was actually surprised to, to see Billy Gunn as well, because I was like, dude, the, that guy has not aged like mm-hmm. at all in, in, in 30 years. Um, so to, to follow up here real quick, uh, Cloudy was actually an independent wrestler named Jimmy Shoulders, uh, who... Uh, I can see why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That big was a shoulders. lot of shoulders, y'all. <laughs> he's, he's got a lot of shoulders. Um, but he, he did not stay long in WWF. Um, he, he, he went back to like the independent circuit and worked in ECW for a little bit. Um, th- this match was fine. I thought it was a, I thought it was a kind of a classic WWE tag match. And I kind of wish that they, they actually did more tag matches like this um because they they just built up uh the heat for a really extended amount of time and and then they got the baby face in uh to to do the run it's really kind of a classic build um but i don't know like it's it would would this go over in front of like a like an nxt audience probably not but but it but it was a very solid match for the time i would say okay um i mean you're allowed to be wrong, uh, but <laughs> oh, I will be what very. What do you think, Mister Kirkby? I, I, I will, I will be very wrong later on the show. I promise that. Yeah, I, I just, I, I, I just felt that this and and it, it can kind of like go with a lot of the card. It just felt dragged out. Like this was the period of uh, WWF where they were trying to uh, extend. The, the length of pay-per-views when uh, pay-per-views used to be just over t- a shade over two hours. This was kind of touching three hours and it felt that the, instead of adding maybe another match that, that could have fitted in, uh, they wanted to kind of extend the matches that, that were, were already on. Um, maybe that's a lot to do with the fact that they had to uh, chop and change with the Triple H stuff. Uh, perhaps it was that, but I just felt it it, it dragged and, and the, 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 the two teams didn't have a lot of chemistry between them. You just don't like hillbillies. I think that's the thing. Maybe. (laughs) So much denim. So much denim. (laughs) Wow. So so then after that, we get a a little bit of a a locker room interview with uh, Davey Boy Smith, uh, Jim Cornette, uh, Clarence Mason, uh, and a little uh, Diana Hart lurking in the background. Um, And we see that Mr. Perfect is sharing a locker room uh, with the members of the Heart Foundation, which, uh, oh, that is a bit of a no-no. Uh, is he going to call it down the middle? Let's wait and see. Um, but then we get 
Jerry Lawler versus the Ultimate Warrior. And my God, for mm. me, this is the the turd in the in the punch ball. Uh, yeah. Obviously, this was to um, Warrior had not long made his comeback to uh, the the WWF. Uh, and to be in a, a storyline with uh, Jerry Lawler, uh, it's a little bit of a come down for for him. And uh, I know he had his issues with WWE; they didn't uh, really trust him. But yeah, the the the, the most cringeworthy thing was the promo that Jerry cut on the way to his match. Oh my god! He, he, he goes over to the uh, the King of the Ring throne, uh, starts comparing it to his own. He takes the the scepter, like literally takes it with him. Um, I'm not sure how Austin would have felt about that, since it's it's his property. But it's the insulting. It wasn't yet. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, that is very true. Um, but he starts insulting the crowd, uh, calling the the Milwaukee Brewers uh, drunks and and losers, and then starts really picking on. S- single members of the crowd. I think there's one kid. He says, "Is that your face, or did your neck throw up?" He asked a group of women if the strip club was closed, and then uh, the worst one for me is it's girls like you that turn men into people like Goldust. Oh, it it made me cringe my skin inside out. It was absolutely horrific. Um, luckily, in the match, he uh, he gets a, a bit of a whooping. Um, um, was that a match? Was that? Well, it's it's as much of a match as you will get out of Ultimate Warrior, to be quite mm. fair. Um, <laughs> and, and I was wondering that because, like, I literally, like, at the end of the match, I paused it and I was like, "All right, when did he retire?" I'm like, "This was only this was only two years before he retired." I was like, mm. "This is what Ultimate Warrior was like. This doesn't like. I'm not impressed with it." Yeah, this Ultimate Warrior was trying to still be the Ultimate Warrior of the 90s. Um, And whilst he got a big pop on his return, because obviously it was the Ultimate Warrior is a big deal, uh, that pop quickly faded because he hadn't changed his character. He hadn't moved along with the times. And yeah, it was was a typical Warrior match. Uh, We got a little bit of a beatdown with a... with uh, being choked with with the tape and with with Robe. And then Warrior did his... uh, is invincible, uh, running around the ring, shaking, and hits the flying shoulder tackle, and and a, a quick win, another uh, sub four minute match. I think. Uh, mm-hmm. What did you guys think of this? Uh goodness. Um, <laughs> let's rewind over to the 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 the, the King promo. Um, <laughs> I'm super surprised that they left that in, uh, just because of how brutal that was. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just one of those things where you you wouldn't um, imagine, <laughs> like especially a company like um, like like NBC who owns Peacock that they would let just like let that fly. Um, but I mean, it was there, and um, yeah, that that would definitely not be something that you would see it here in the modern era anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and thank uh, God for that. Yeah, I mean, you, I, I mean, I think you could get away as a heel with doing like uh, mocking the city. I mean, there's still plenty of wrestlers who like do that. Like MJF does that all the time. Um, but I think whereas MJF, people know that MJF is is kind of being that way. Um, <laughs> Jerry the King Lawler made this really personal, like when he was like talk, like 
cutting promos on individual fans. So yeah, that's that's going to be that's that's one for the uh, relics of the uh, the days gone by era. Uh, put that in that drawer there. Otherwise, I mean, unlock it. Yeah, unlock <laughs> it for for good. And um, hit it with like a RPG or something. Blow it up to never be seen or found ever yeah. again. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. It Kill just it made with me fire. feel gross. Yeah, yeah. Um, this was not Warrior's finest moment. This wasn't even. I mean, this certainly wasn't Jerry the King Lawler's finest moment. Um, <laughs> I, I, uh, yeah. This is a dud. This is this is not good. Yeah. Or uh, you anything to add to that? I just, I don't know. I guess I was just kind of let down because I know how good Jerry the King Lawler can be. And I have heard about how good Warrior could be. So I was expecting, I expected the choking antics from King. It's King. He's a heel. You know, we clearly established that on walking down to the ring. But. You know, I just expected a little bit more and I left feeling extremely underwhelmed. I mean, it was a piece of mold in an absolutely decent sandwich. You know, I'm not going to say it's the best sandwich I've ever had, you know, anything by that by that standard. But it was a decent sandwich and just a giant piece of mold on it just ruined the whole thing. And, you know, and I'm glad that, that you could eat around the mold if you really <laughs> wanted to. I kind of feel like or, or I like, did. Like, like, like tear it out. You know. <laughs> I, I feel like I did, you know, like, Oh God, this is just, ugh. Mm. you know, and, and I'm glad that this is a thing that we don't do anymore. You know, it's one thing to not on a mic, have some type of interaction with a fan have fan talk a little crap to you. Have you talk a little bit of crap to a fan, but just to go in with the blatant downgrading of sex workers and the blatant homophobia, like I'm just glad this is not a thing that we do anymore. At least I hope it's not, it's not something that we see on a regular basis. And it makes me concerned for the next five years. If we're being honest, (laughs) Because it's like, how much did did we really get away with back then? You know, that really wasn't cool. A lot. A hell of a lot. I know. That's what worries me. It gets worse. It gets worse. (laughs) I know. It it, it almost gets worse later on in the night. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Here in the next few matches. (laughs) Okay. But that, that felt like the absolute worst, honestly, to me. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's. Let's move away from Jerry Lawler's uh, just horrific, horrific promo, and we'll we go backstage to uh, President Gorilla Monsoon. Uh, he's uh, checking up on Jake Roberts to see if he's uh, able to compete in in the finals. Um, Jake uh, getting his ribs taped up, and Gorilla saying that he's going to watch the match closely, but he will uh, he will definitely let Jake compete. Then after that, we get uh, the 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 Undertaker versus Mankind match. Um, Mankind, relatively new to the company, going into this as, as the heel, um, and Undertaker, who's uh, kind of changed up from the 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 um, Undertaker original character, and is now starting to to wear the the purple gloves and and the the, the Dead Man style makeup. Um, yeah, for me, this was a, a great match and really kind of uh, the start of what 
we'll I mean we'll cover it uh, in future episodes, but start of what will become a really cool feud uh, between these two guys. Uh, Tanner, what did you think of uh, Undertaker versus Mankind? I'll be honest. This match put me to sleep. This Ooh. this match put me to sleep. It was <gasps> it was very very slow in my opinion. Um, I didn't expect them to have a quick match. I mean, I like I, <laughs> I know there it's not going to be like a like Rich Swan versus like Kenny Omega, <laughs> but this this was very very slow uh, for me. And so I had to go back and rewatch it. And when I rewatched it. It was fine. It, it was it was good. I would say it would be it wouldn't be what their what their future matches would become later, but it was it was a at least a solid foundation that that you know let you know and introduced mankind to you on a big level. He got he went over the Undertaker, which is huge for him in his career. So it's a great foundation for him. Um, and, and and Undertaker was 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 good. We got to see him. He made like a surprise introduction off the top rope. It, it was it, it was fine. It was fine. Um, but yeah, I would say um, this was neither of these men's best work. And I'll probably be proven wrong here very shortly. <laughs> Cora, you you're Mary full of Bunch. crap, Tanner. <laughs> First reviewing. <laughs> I thought it was great and and if Tanner is correct and says they only get better then that makes me super excited this was legitimately my favorite match of the night honestly you know I, I'm not saying it's the best match I'm saying it's my favorite and there there were definitely some spots where it was slow but I still really liked it. I liked the dynamics. I liked the inclusion of Paul Bearer. I liked the in and out of the ring. I thought it flowed, despite the slow spots, really well. I thought it was still interesting to see the two of them then as we know them now um, and how they were and, you know... Uh, Owen and Vince and Jr. talking about this man enjoys pain and all his scars. And I was actually watching it with my husband. He goes, yeah, that's from ECW. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. You got to go farther over than that. You got to hit Japan if you're going to include all that. You know, I really, really loved it. So you're wrong and you're stinky poopy head. And I don't care what you say. (laughs) She's got you there, Tana. Um, but I, I, have, I have to agree with Ori. I thought that uh, this was, I mean, I, I, I dislike this pay-per-view because of the pacing, but I think in this match it worked. The slow pacing really kind of introduced uh, the way Mankind uh, breaks opponents down. And it also kind of works in, in the way that, that The Undertaker uh, wrestles. I thought it was a, a, a well-done match. Maybe a little bit longer. There's some stuff that could have been shaved off. But I also uh, enjoyed, like, like Ori said, the 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 use of Paul Barrow, who, who will end up playing a, a much bigger role in the storyline uh, going down the line. But I, I enjoyed this match. Uh, I thought it was one of the, the better matches on the card. Yeah, and, and I'm not saying it's a bad match. I mean, no, far from I'm, it. Are uh, you? But it, but it was. Are you? Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not <laughs> saying that. Uh, but but it legit put me to sleep just because of how slow it was. And um, maybe that's maybe that's on me. Maybe 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 I work too hard. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, You're maybe, slow. Maybe, <laughs> 
maybe <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it could be any number of things, but um, this was definitely not the worst match on the card. No, but 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 certainly these two will have better matches in the future. Yeah, and I think that that's uh, the point because we we know what is to come. Maybe that had a, a a bit of an effect that you know that the that these guys have got way better matches uh, in their arsenal than this. Yeah, yeah. So then after that we are backstage again. Doc Hendricks uh, interviewing Mister Perfect, and we get a. Uh, uh, Shawn Michaels coming up, telling him to call it uh, right down the middle. Um, so then we're going to uh, the Intercontinental title match, Goldust versus Ahmed Johnson. Uh, <clears throat> the build-up to this was just, again, kind of like King's promo. It probably worked in this era, but now it felt... A little cringy building the storyline on on whether um, Goldust was 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 gay or not. Um, the showing that Ahmed may have had homophobic tendencies. Uh, yeah, I, I just didn't like the build up to this at all. Uh, and in terms of the match, again, this was another one that it didn't need to go fifteen minutes. I don't think it. This felt like. Uh, a drag. Uh, we got the 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 spot where uh, Goldust went for some mouth to mouth because obviously we have to play up the the whole easy gazy not thing. Uh, but um, Ahmed Johnson uh, wins and is the new Intercontinental Champion. Uh, but what do you guys think of the match, Ori? It was a decent match. I agree. It went too long. Like my biggest problem was Marlena. Like, what was she there for? To just stand there and look good in a gold evening gown and smoke a cigar? She doesn't seem to have, and to be the distraction for one little thing. She doesn't serve a purpose. And, you know, as we know from later on years, Gold Dust was perfectly fine standing on his own. I, I think I liked the Gold Dust character. I liked yeah. the ambiguity. I liked the is he, isn't he? I thought it made things interesting. You know, and I, I think I think Dustin Rhodes had a way of playing that without getting other people involved, you know, as to commentating, you know, like the king did or anything else or even having any of these um, homophobic undertones whatsoever that he he played it off so well to where is he isn't he but you still for the most part, liked him, and he was interesting, you know, to me. Don't arch your eyebrow at me. I see that, Tanner. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm just sitting, just minding my own business. Yeah. But, you know, like, <laughs> I just, I always enjoyed Gold Dust. you know, when I was watching him up until, I mean, of course, now he's not Gold Dust. he's Dustin Rhodes. But yeah. I, I always thought the character was great and did enough, he was able to do enough with it on his own without people having to to throw in their two cents and make it overtly homophobic. That mm. it was interesting to me. But it was, for the match itself, I thought it was decent overall, like I said. And yeah, definitely didn't need to go as long as it did. I felt like they could have picked up the pace just a little bit more and it still would have gotten accomplished everything that they wanted to happen. Yep, I agree. Um, oh, oh, sorry. One other thing. 
I caught at the very end when Ahmed Johnson went to do his big power bomb on Goldust at the end, Shades of Bo- of Future Bobby Lashley. That hole with the arms stretched out and then pulling them up. I was like, that's hmm. Bobby Lashley. So the fact that you could that now that I'm seeing this, that that's probably kind of a nod that Bobby Lashley does to Ahmed Johnson. Because I mean, look at the card. It's pretty darn pasty, despite all the spray tan. You know, it's a it's a very you know, and that's kind of the times that we were in at that point. So I think that's a really cool thing. If that's really what it is and what it's meant to be, to have that, to have Bobby Lashley have that nod to Ahmed Johnson. And so I thought that was cool. A store brand Bobby Lashley. <laughs> wow. That, that... Oh, or is he a store man. brand Ahmed Johnson? I mean, Ahmed Johnson was never world champion. This you're you're correct. There. I, I assume. I assume. I've never heard well, of him being. We never champion. know. Yeah, the, maybe. The, from from my understanding, this this was kind of the the peak for him. Was was him winning winning the the title in this match? Um, <laughs> it, it's funny because I've I've actually been listening to the Wu Tang Clan a lot recently, and uh, <laughs> this match this match and the storyline the build up actually reminds me of a song called "Stay Out of Bars" by the Jizza. Uh, from the Wu Tang Clan, so uh, <laughs> which is uh, also a kind of a song of its own time, uh, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> this, uh, I mean, it should have been <clears throat> it should have been pretty straightforward. Um, <laughs> I mean, it, it should have been uh, Ahmed Johnson probably winning in less than ten minutes. Uh, but but this went about I think what fifteen. Yeah. Uh, this went pretty long. Um, I don't know. It, it's again not the worst match on the card, but would it stand up to things that you would see today? Probably not. Um, again, a lot of the references that we got was very uh, remarkably similar to uh, some of the, the the stuff that King was doing. Again things that I'm surprised actually made the cut from Peacock. Um, but again, this match was very far I into the card. Even a, I think there was even a point where JR was saying uh, uh, that, that it was sick, uh, which is, yeah, yeah, yeah. for JR to be uh, fed those lines is, yeah, it's, a, it's incredibly in bad taste now, especially in 2021. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, uh, it's it's just... I don't know. It's it's a it's a thing of its own time, its own era. Um, you would have to understand that contextually in order to get it. But I mean, it's just I don't know. Um, it's it is a shame about Ahmed Johnson that he that that this was perhaps the peak uh, of of his career. Um, but I don't know. Um, I I I love the reference, the callback that Ori makes to to Bobby Lashley, though. I think yeah. that's really spot on. Yeah, it's something I didn't really pick up on, but yeah, yeah. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Absolutely makes sense. So after that, we get a quick commercial for the next pay-per-view, which we'll be covering in a few weeks, uh, International Incident. And then we get Brian Pillman. With the aliens. Yeah. I don't know what uh, aliens had to do with International Incident. Maybe like Intergalactic Incident would have been like, uh. Maybe they just think Canadians are aliens. You never know. I don't know. <laughs> I wouldn't um, go that far. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then after that, we had Brian Pillman uh, coming down to the ring on crutches. Um, I used to love Brian Pillman. Um, such a maverick, such a kind of a, a character all of his own. Um, he'd actually finessed WCW into releasing him from his contract so he could sign for the WWF in such a brilliant power play, telling uh, Eric Bischoff that it was uh, he, he was basically going to go as as as, as kind of like a spy almost. Uh, this this the way he kind of like got. Uh, uh, Bischoff to release him from his contract um, was just such a brilliant, brilliant move, and he signed for the the WWF. I mean, he wasn't unfortunately he wasn't there for for, for too long, and, and we kind of know uh, what happens with him. Uh, but this promo, it was everything that Brian Pillman was for me. Absolutely off the ball, saying he was going to rape, pillage, and plunder the entire federation. Um, it was easy to see why Jeffrey Dahmer tried to consume the whole state. The guy just had no filter, and I think that's what made him so good for me. Uh, but uh, what do you two guys uh, think of, of Brian Pillman, think of this promo? Yeah, I think Jerry the King Lawler could have taken a page out of Brian Pillman's book here. You know, Pil- Pillman, <laughs> Pillman at least was speaking in generalities uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and really... I mean the, the the Jeffrey Dahmer reference was was pretty good, um, but but he wasn't like singling out anybody. He wasn't being like, oh man, I wish Jeffrey Dahmer ate you and pointed to somebody in the crowd, right? <laughs> right. Like <laughs> like like you know, he was just speaking about topical things in general that you know the state's probably not too proud of, um, but you know that that's what made the crowd kind of turn on him, and he he fed off of that and yeah, his, his dynamics and how erratic he was. Um, yeah. I mean, there's not been anybody since Brian Pillman to really accomplish that. I thought it was, this was kind of my first, like I've heard of Brian Pillman. It's like this thing of legend that I've known, but never really experienced. And so this is the first time I've really seen a Brian Pillman promo to be honest. And the only thing that caught me up that I was like, okay, that would never work today is the rape part of that line. I think he, you know, today we could get away with the pillage and plunder, but definitely not that. But other than that, I thought that was an amazing promo. I'm like, this guy's nuts. Mm -hmm. I, I see what everybody just 
the the eyes and the wide smile and the crazy well i mean the hair wasn't that crazy but it was just everywhere and and like i can see what everybody and it's very enigmatic and charismatic and i kind of now i'm kind of like okay i want to i'm interested to see where this guy goes it it very much drew me in and i was very impressed by it so i'm i'm excited to see where it goes from here once he gets the boot off and whatever else, you know, off the crutches and whatnot. Well, and we get a little hint of that when uh, when uh, Stone Cold makes his uh, his entrance and he, yeah. uh, he and and Pillman give each other a, a look, um, which obviously is a play on on them being a tag team in in uh, WCW, um, but they don't actually mention it on 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 this show, but it also kind of is um, uh, a forefront of what is going to come between uh, between the two. Um, but that was a, a, a lovely little nod that I enjoyed. Sierra Hotel. India. Echo. Lima. Delta. Hey folks, listen up, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. Pins, stickers, illustrations. Angrylemonade.net. This is my yard now. And then we get... Um... Austin versus Jake Roberts, uh, the final of the the King of the Ring. Um, the 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 point is that that Jake is is injured, uh, and Austin is targeting uh, the the ribs. The match again, quite like a, a few of the matches, doesn't go too long, uh, three or four minutes or something like that. Um, and Austin is uh, the the nineteen ninety six King of the Ring uh, winner. So, Ori, what did you think of this match? He absolutely buried Jake. I mean. Poor Jake was, that may as well have been a casket match because it was open and shut and buried 24 feet under. I mean, just, you know, I, I don't think he could have buried Jake any farther down. And, of course, seeing the 316 promo for the first time in its all in its full contextuality, like okay, this makes sense where Austin 316 came from. And it, it had a decent pop, but I guess I'm used to the the older, you know, as it was established pops. And so it was like, okay, it didn't go over like I expected it to, but it still had a, you know, the, the whole promo had a decent reaction to it. And he still closed with the classic line that I was used to because Stone Cold says so. That's the bottom line. And so, I've, you know, the match itself wasn't great, I don't think. I think it did what it was supposed to, to catapult Steve to where he needed to be, to fully enmesh himself within that Stone Cold character and then usher Jake into whatever or wherever he was going to go next. Mm-hmm. Antenna. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely agree. Uh, th- this, this was not a match as much as it was a mechanism to get Stone Cold in 
in a in a certain like direction right um and putting him into a certain lane uh here whereas with the uh, mark marrow match uh you get kind of the more uh brutal brawling you know just kind of he was just roughing up you know jake roberts right um and, and 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 that's and that's more akin to what we would see later on with him, and and we'll definitely have plenty of Stone Cold matches to talk about, I'm sure, as uh, as we go. Um, but yeah, no, they uh, they they zoomed in on Steve when he's cutting the promo. He he talks about uh, you know uh, Jake's talking about you know Psalms, you know uh, three sixteen. Well, Austin three sixteen says I just whipped your ass, and that's the bottom line because Stone Cold said so. Um, <laughs> I don't know like what made my my brain focus in on this, but if you look at Steve, he's actually he's actually got some sideburns. I, don't, I, I, I was like, oh, it's a good, good, good move that you got rid of those because that wasn't really like your look. I caught that too. Like, I didn't yeah. know if it was like a shadow or something. There was just something weird, like next to his ear or under his ear. I was like, what's going on there? Yeah, I guess he just skipped shaving that day. He just, he just <laughs> was like, all right, well, I'm just shave the head and said, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I'm good. Um, yeah, no, this, uh, Ori touched on the, on the pop, which was actually, um, I was really surprised going back and, and listening to it that it was actually that loud. Uh, I mean, because all night Steve had been the heel. I mean, it was and it was prepping him to be the big heel in a certain way um, with with um, Jake the Snake Roberts being the overwhelming baby face. Uh, you know, Jake's being ushered out by referees and Austin drops that line. And you actually get like a really positive reaction out of the crowd, which I mean, you wouldn't have thunk that uh, about a heel, uh, especially uh, someone who's moving to position position to be a top heel uh, like Steve was about to be. Yeah, and uh, it will will obviously touch on it next week, but it, it shows that that resonated with the fans when you see the amount of people who have got Austin three sixteen sounds. Um, I know I've, I've I've seen interviews with Stone Cold and he said he didn't know if it would would take off and it was just something that he came up with pretty much on the fly uh, and then uh, the week after obviously it turned out to be a, a huge thing and it ended up being the making of his career. Um, so yeah, so it was it was interesting seeing the the genesis of of what Austin would end up becoming. I think the only issue that I have with the match overall is that I, I feel like they kind of doomed it before it started with Jake in the ribs and everything. And did he go to the hospital and get taped up and all the, you know, did he have an x-ray and all this, that and the other stuff? You know, I feel like the match, they built it like Jake was going to have this amazing comeback. And I think the match could have been worked in a little bit better of a way to where it looked like Jake was going to make a comeback before, you know, and I don't know if that had anything to do with Jake's actual ribs and how hurt he really was, or if they were just intentionally trying to bury him at that point due to backstage politics or whatever else may have been going on. But it felt like the match was doomed before it even got started. The, I mean, despite, you know, we know how the outcome went before we even watched it. But it, it just, I don't know, the whole tone of it before it could even get started was just, 
can Jake do it? And then you thought he was going to make this amazing comeback after he got Gorilla Monsoon out of the thing. And then, I mean, shut down, signed, sealed, delivered, over. And I think I would have liked to have seen just, I mean, there there were quite a few matches you could have shaved time off of to build that up before just letting Austin go. If you're going to bury him anyway, at least give him a chance to have a comeback. But like I said, you know, that it could have been backstage politics. It could have been Jake's actual health, his ribs, whatever. You know, that's just something that for storyline and psychology that mm. I would have liked to see personally. Yeah, that, that absolutely makes sense. I think for the the, the point of the how one-sided the match was, it was to get over how brutal Stone Cold is, how him, emotionless he is. He, he doesn't mm-hmm. give uh, a damn about any injuries you've got. He's going to target him and put a, a beating on him. And I, th- I think that was the story they, they were trying to tell. But I also agree with you that maybe a kind of like a little bit of a comeback for, for Jake would have made him more of a kind of like... Uh, more of a, a beloved baby face than, than he was looking like um, an old man being beat down almost. Especially since they were building that sympathy all night. You know, play mm-hmm. on it. Give him, at least make him look like he's got a chance in hell eh, to steal a line <laughs> before you completely squash all hopes. Like, if you're going to squash all the hopes anyway, that's fine. Go with it. Do what you got to do to to get that over. But if you're saying, it, if you're, He's trying to make this redemption arc. He's trying to do these things, you know, at least make it look like he does have at least half a chance before you throw him out. You know, it just would have made a little bit more sense to me. I I think one of the the aspects um, that I kind of noticed throughout the whole show was how much WWE intended for this to look like a sporting product. Um, uh, like, like a lot of it was like, okay, th- these are like the holds and submissions and the moves that they were using. It wasn't very entertainment. There there's, you know, I mean, the, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about the, 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 main event here in a moment, which was probably the most spectacular, you know, match as far as like moves go. Um, but yeah, I mean, in a, in a very sporting realm, if, if you've got, you know, Jake, the snake Roberts walking in, he's got a very apparent rib injury. I mean, yeah, I, I wouldn't imagine that he would last very long in a, in a shoot match against a guy like stone cold. Um, the other thing to consider is had they given Jake this kind of comeback? Uh, I mean, how would that affect Austin's post-match promos? How would that affect, you know, what lane he was in going yeah. forward? Um, you know, because I mean, you you would want him to look brutal, but at the same time, I mean, yeah, Jake was built up as such a, a a baby face all night. You almost have to wonder, maybe did did they did they push that notion a little bit too hard to make fans think, okay, yeah, he's got to make a comeback, he's got to yeah. do something, he's right? got a shot, yeah, right, right. Um, maybe that was never the plan. Maybe they were always going to swerve it that way. I I don't know, but um. Yeah, and I'm I mean. and I'm perfectly willing to believe that I've watched so much in our current era that I've gotten used to that entertainment factor. And at this point in time, historically, we weren't there yet. You know what I'm saying? Well, well yeah, no, that's a that's a really that's actually a really really good point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, contextually, especially when for myself over the last couple of years, I've followed. 
the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega and their outside building with being the elite and how they wove that into um, Ring of Honor and New Japan and how they built those long-term storylines and whatnot and how everything eventually has a payoff with them for the most part. Nothing is, there's no loopholes and hanging threads. Everything gets braided in flawlessly at some point, which there's some I'm still waiting on, to be perfectly honest with you. But, you know, it's it could be that I've gotten used to that to that factor of it, the entertainment factor, the spectacle factor, as opposed to more of the sports aspect of it and the athleticism and how it almost felt more like a glorified boxing match gone wrong, you know, right, right. <laughs> or what have you. So I'm, I'm, I'm definitely willing to, to, you know, put some of my own perspective on that as to why I feel like it didn't work for me. No, for sure. Well, and, and, and I think that hmm, if, if, if we look like historically speaking, and I know we've got a very short history to look at with AEW, but like historically speaking, WWE's always seemed more okay with letting, you know, <laughs> letting the villain rule at the end of the day, so to speak, right. Letting the heel go over and the good guys don't always have to win. In fact, they hardly ever do nowadays in WWE. <laughs> um, but um, I, I think that it, it, in their mind at this time, if the ends justified the means that they were okay with letting Steve go and, and, and win this match. And, and I think that was, in my mind, the, the right move to, to, to let him have this big, uh, emphatic win o- over Jake. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the it's the old wrestling adage that the money's in the chase, uh, yep. and and sometimes the the heels have to push the storyline. Um, unfortunately, I don't think we get much of a payoff with with uh, with Jake Roberts and this kind of like a sympathetic heel story because it's is not long for the company before he leaves. But um, it certainly was there to build up Stone Cold as a killer. Uh, as a, a, a huge threat, and he mentioned it in his in his promo about whether it's Bulldog as champion or whether it's Stone Cold as champion. He's coming for that title, um, mm. and I think in that respect, the match does does what it needs to do. Yeah. So then, after that, we go into the main event, um, and just before we uh, we start the 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 dramatics, we see uh, more dramatics. <laughs> we see Gorilla Monsoon <laughs> demoting um, Mr. Perfect from being the referee uh, because of uh, his his potential leanings, uh, and he's now just going to be an outside enforcer. Um, but we get Shawn Michaels coming out with his uh, with his trainer Jose Lothario and uh, David Boy Smith uh, being flanked by Jim Cornette and uh, Diana. Um, uh, the longest match on the card by a, a, a long, long, long way. Um, starts off really kind of slow with a lot of um, headlocks and, and arm bars. But uh, after about six or seven minutes or so, it really kind of like picks up the pace and, and becomes, uh, for me, one of the best matches on the card. Uh, really kind of maybe pushing the Mankind and, and Undertaker match for, for the best match. These two, whenever um, they they had matches, had really good chemistry, even though they weren't the best of friends uh, uh, backstage. And, and Sean Michael certainly pulled a few political tricks on, on the Bulldog. Um, but for me, I really enjoyed this match. Uh, 
Uh, Tanner, what did you what did you think of this uh, this main event? So let me preface this by saying that uh, I was born in San Antonio, the same place that Shawn Michaels is is from, um, and I'm I, I'm a huge fan of his, and I, I always have been. Um, let's take just a brief moment to appreciate that even as um, we, we've grown fond of the latter Shawn Michaels run where, where he made his comeback and everything that's that most people recognize that as like his big, like, uh, like, like his best run, uh, his best years was, was his comeback. Uh, but man, uh, just watching the entrance, watching him come out to the ring, it, he was the man. This guy was the man like the, the, the crowd popped and the majority of the cheers were from, from, from women and children, which you hardly, I mean, I know COVID and whatnot, but you would hardly get that nowadays anyway. Right. Uh, with your, with your top baby face. Um, yeah, Shawn Michaels was just the man here and everything that he did looked so like second nature, like like he was so smooth in the ring, and Bulldog came in on his A game as well. So, and these these two put on a heck of a match, um, brawling inside the ring, outside the ring, some really spectacular moves, like a like a Hurricane Rana from Sean to uh, going out to the outside, which was like, whoa, that's crazy. Like I I didn't even know that Sean did that back in the day. Um, you know the. Uh, uh, the slingshot to the outside uh, that Michaels used with his feet. Uh, yeah, this was a great match. This was this was this was probably like the best match that stands up on the card in a modern aspect. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Or... I, I I can definitely agree with you on that one. Um, it was a it was great. It it was absolutely great. I mean, you know, I'm once again I'm coming from a position of seeing the newer stuff. I feel like this match in its entirety, if you took two wrestlers on their a game and did this match exactly the same way, it still wouldn't be as good, but this, but overall it would still hold up the move set, the way they played things off, the way they sold certain or sold certain things, you know, everything, even, the cuts to Diana and Owen, cheer him on. That's your man. You should be proud of him. Everything completely holds up to the test of time for this match. From entrance to exit, completely. Yeah, totally agree. Um, we would be remiss, though, if we didn't mention the the finish and the, and the, and the post-match. Um, we had um, Mr. Perfect. Uh, stopping the the count from Earl Hebner, so they could do a a, a tandem count. Uh, Owen then pulling uh, Perfect out of the ring. Um, yeah, really weird. And I mean, I understood yeah. how it made sense for the story, but the fact is, he still he still won the match because he didn't pull Earl Hebner out of the ring. Uh, yeah. Then we get yeah. the the post match beat down uh, with uh, the likes of Vader coming out, um, and then we get. Uh, Ahmed Johnson, uh, Warrior coming out, and we we ended the show with uh, the three faces uh, pausing in the ring, uh, which was was meant to set up the angle leading to an international incident. But unfortunately, um, with Warrior leaving the company, it all gets changed up. Um, what what do you guys think of uh, of this attempt at a schmoz finish and uh, and this post match beatdown? 
Oh man, uh, yeah. That the the finish was the only thing that really didn't make sense, and 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 that's and that's not Bulldog's fault. That's not Sean's fault. Um, <laughs> it's weird because Mister Perfect slides in the ring, and he's he's ne- right next to Earl Hebner, and they're counting at the same time, and then Mister Perfect just like stares at Earl Hebner, and he's just like waiting, and then and then. I guess Owen pulls him out of the ring. I, a lot of that didn't make sense. And then Earl <laughs> completes the count. And I was like, okay, well, what the hell? Uh, but match was, was, was really good post match kind of thing where it was like, you know, Owen and bulldog and Vader being the three leading heels all night. Um, Sands stone cold, Steve Austin. Um, you know, them coming out, beating down the baby faces. Ahmed Johnson tries to make the save and then ultimate warrior comes out and makes the save. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it was, it was to send the crowd home with a feel good moment and, and rightfully so. Um, but yeah, the, 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 the referee, uh, confusion was, uh, that's the only, the only blemish I think I got that, that that's on this match. So I'm going to disagree and this is the way I see it. <laughs> episode two. Let me disagree with you. Um, <laughs> that's how this episode's going. No, I, it made sense to me in the fact that despite Mr. Perfect consistently saying, I'm going to call it down the middle, I'm going to call it down the middle. Yeah. Camp Cornette thought, that, I mean, they were talking about, oh, we went and played golf with Kurt Henning. We've been hanging out. He's a great guy. They thought they had Mr. Perfect in their pocket. Yeah. So when Sean goes for the pin and he's like, wait, let's do it together. Owen Hart's pissed. Like, wait a minute. We, you're going to call it down the middle air quotes, but you're supposed to call it down the middle for our guy. What are you doing? You're supposed to be in our corner. You're supposed to be in our pocket. Now, Mm -hmm. yes, it would have made more sense for him to pull Hebner out, mm-hmm. but the beef here was to set up for m- the beef with Mr. Perfect. I'm assuming because once again, I've never seen all of this. I don't know where this is going. So that could, that in my head as someone who's never seen it before would be, okay, this is going to set up an issue between Owen Hart and Mr. Perfect because you were supposed to be in our pocket to call it down the middle, but in Davy Boy Smith's favor, yeah. and you didn't. You yeah. were going. You were going to allow Shawn Michaels to win after we wined and dined and golfed you and all this other kind of stuff, and you didn't. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. that's just the way I'm viewing it from my bubble, <laughs> so to speak. So yeah. in that aspect of it, it, it makes sense to me. It still would have made more sense to have somebody pull Hebner out. Even if, you know, have Jim grab his foot and stop it all together. But I mm. get why, why Owen went after Kurt Hennig. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, if, if they do, and, and again, we'll, we'll see as the episodes roll on where this goes. Um, but if, if, if they do set up a, a Kurt Henning, uh, Mr. Perfect Owen Hart match, then that, that would definitely explain a, a lot of why he went after Mr. Perfect. And and you did see Owen like, what are you doing? Why are you, why are you counting there? Um, I mean, strategically you would, you would want to pull Hebner out of the ring. Cause he's supposed to be like the in ring ref. Whereas they made like Mr. Perfect, the outside of the ring ref, I guess. I, and I don't even know why Mr. Perfect ran in the ring in the first place. If that's the case, whatever. Right. Um, 
but yeah. Um, and then after, after Owen kind of like dresses him down, like, uh, verbally on the outside and just was like, Hey, like, what are you doing? Mr. Perfect just walks away. <laughs> like he's nowhere to be seen in the brawl. He's, he's, he's no longer there. Um, which was, which was a little bit odd, but, yeah. um, he turned think, tail and ran. Yeah, yeah. I, I think away. at this time it was um, it was actually subject to a Lloyd's of London um, insurance policy where he wasn't actually oh. allowed to have any any uh, action. That's right. That's right. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's Basically, there was a, a a fad around this time where lots of wrestlers were getting a huge multi million dollar in insurance um, payouts from Lloyd's of London. Uh, but on the proviso that they they didn't wrestle again, um, so I think mm. that was the the issue why we didn't see a lot of uh, kind of uh, action between Owen and, and Perfect at this time. But there you that go. That would make sense. Yeah. So um, how I'd like to close this out is um, to to uh, ask you both what you think stood out and would uh, would stand up in, in 2021s on this show and what kind of that falls flat. So I want uh, one one uh, moment or match or, or um, a promo that you enjoyed and you think would work nowadays and one that, uh, that kind of doesn't fit anymore. Uh, let's go to you, Tanner. Okay. Uh, well, match, um, it has to be for me, the British Bulldog challenging, um, uh, Shawn Michaels like that, that match, that match stands up today, uh, very, very well. Um, so yeah, I, I would, I would put that up at the top of my list. Uh, <laughs> at the bottom of the list, it's gotta be the, 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 the Jerry, the King Lawler promos like that, that would not fly today not at least not with the language that he used um i i think that uh comparing maybe um that confrontational style of promo with the crowd with like mjf who does a lot of the same stuff people get that mjf is who he is it's it's a, it's a character whereas people obviously knew that <laughs> Uh, Jerry the King Lawler was also a character, but he he made it way more personal than I've seen some of the stuff that uh, MJF does. Um, so yeah, the the King stuff d- does not stand up. Okay, and Aura, I am definitely going to agree with you about stand. Uh, you know, holding up that that Shawn Michaels, Davey Boy Smith match was just it was phenomenal. There's just two no, no two ways about it. I mean. That that's one of the best matches that I think I've ever seen. Um, and while I don't disagree with you about the King stuff, I will say that in today's modern era, I do not think, and I'm waiting for people to come for me on this one, I do not think the Austin 316, in its complete contextuality, would go over today in our PC culture the way it did then. I I think there would be a lot of conservative Christians who would come out. That's blasphemous. You can't. And there probably was some then, but in our culture today of social media and Twitter and Facebook and all of that, I don't think it would go over as well now as it did then. You're blasphemous. You're going to hell. Repent, repent, repent. How dare you take the Lord's work and, and, 
completely defame it and so forth. I, I just I just don't see that going over <laughs> now like it did then. Then in the context that it was, in the era that we were in, not only as a wrestling era, but as a society, mm. it, it worked because of where we were and who we were in that time. You mm. know, nowadays, ooh, I don't see that flying at all. There, there would be Snickers. Do you want to support this? Doritos. Is this what you're going to stand for? I think that's how that would go. Honestly, you know. Yeah, I mean, you you make a, a really good point. Um, I'm going to give a clean sweep to the 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 falls flat for me. Uh, it was the the Jerry Lawler, and and I'm going to actually extend it to the the casual homophobia that that kind of run through the show. Uh, yeah. For me, that was. <laughs> It, it it was certainly of its time. Um, I can understand why it, it it kind of like was was so accepted back then. But right now, in this day and age, um, mm-hmm. yeah, it was not on, and it 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 marred the show for me because of of how blatant and how how casual the the homophobia really was. Uh, for the thing that stands up, I'm actually going to go totally against Ori. I think. Um, for me, it is the Austin 316 promo. Uh, and I understand your reasoning, and it absolutely does make sense. But uh, thinking of it from uh, a 2021 wrestling world where a lot of promos are scripted, especially coming from WWE, a lot of promos are scripted down to the letter, and there's no real kind of passion or kind of um, uh, charisma from a lot of the, the, the wrestlers giving promos. Mm. A, a good kind of heartfelt promo stands out. We've seen it in AEW with Cody. Uh, when he gives a, a promo that he that he's speaking from his soul, it, it means something and, and he gets a lot of plaudits for it. Um, and I think that this Austin one was him off the top of his head coming up with a, pl- a promo that, that really meant something to him. And we got uh, countless um, catchphrases and, and um, uh, things that are synonymous with Stone Cold from this two to three minute promo. I think um, it was uh, an important time in, in wrestling. And I think that if we had this kind of promo now, I think it would be a, a huge hit. So I think for me, the promo is the thing that stands out. And And I agree with you. Don't get me wrong. I completely agree with you. I think it was dynamic and wonderful. But going back to what you said, this would never be scripted in this way in Mm -hmm. this day and age. I like it because it is off the cuff and it is passionate. And it did give us a lot to build off of Stone Cold. But something like this in the E as it stands today, that dog won't hunt. (laughs) That it would they would come for it hard, super hard. Yeah, like I said, I can totally see your point. Uh, but, guys, that's the first review in the bag. Uh, we've started our our journey through the Attitude Era. Um, so next week's uh, show will be the, the June 24th, 1996 edition of Raw, which I think was from Green Bay uh, at the... The Brown County Expo, whatever is that a thing? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not from Wisconsin. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> that's the wrong end of the country for us, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so all that's left to do is uh, is let the people know where they can get hold of uh, all of us. So let's start with you, Tanner. 
Uh, yeah, uh, you can uh, find me uh, on Twitter at Texas Gentleman underscore. Uh, give me a follow. Uh, I, I do uh, I do a, a separate show here. I used to do shows about wrestling. Now I do shows about uh, some proper football. Uh, so you can you can actually come watch uh, us do live streams on the weekend uh, at Radio Techers. So follow that on Twitter as well at uh, R-A-D-I-O-T-E-K-K-E-R-S. Good stuff. And Ori? You can find me on Twitter at Oriana75. That's O-R-I-O-N-A-7-5. And I also Twitch stream on Mondays and Friday nights at 8 p.m. Um, over on the Twitch. Did I say that already? I feel like I said that already. On Twitch. Um, but yeah, doing a lot of third-person shooters right now. Um, trying to get into some Monster Hunter world and just having some fun with my husband, playing some stupid games and making stupid jokes. And it's a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as for me, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at DEJ Kirby. I'm also part of that amazing team at Radio Techers uh, with this uh, with this good fellow right here. Uh, I also do uh, five rounds with uh, my son, Carlos, which you can find on this network, Chair Shop. Uh, and you can also follow the show uh, at ACIA Podcast. Um, so yeah, go and give a go and give the the podcast Twitter a follow. Uh, thank you too for for being a part of this. Uh, I'm going to say it probably every single week, but yeah, I really do appreciate you coming on this journey with me. Um, thank you all for listening. And as we say on the chair shot, you should always use your head. Chairshot.com. Always use your head. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.